Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. We travel through time to help history along. Give it a push where it's needed. Welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. This is episode 111 for the week of January 18th, 2018. Filling in for Evan Goldstein, I am Chris Randazzo, and tonight I am joined by time travel expert Karen Randazzo. Elementary, my dear Watson. (laughs) As well as special guest, hailing from the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, where he does his own version of time travel, Ferg. I'm not getting anywhere in this bed. (laughs) As our guest, Ferg picked a 1983 TV show that I had never heard of before, and we're going to talk about it in just a few moments. But before we get to that, I'd like to take this chance to remind everyone that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Just include this week's episode in the subject line and let us know what's on your mind, what shows you would like us to discuss in the future, or just how you're feeling about life, because we always want to hear from you, the listener. So, uh, like we said before, Evan's out of time, uh, out, of, out of time. He's out of time. <laughs> Evan is out of town. time. <laughs> I was just singing that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> He's out of town doing something or other, fighting dragons. So we'll stick with that uh, since it's love a dragon day or fight a dragon day or watch dragon heart day, something like that. I am the last one. Anyway, uh. So I'm I'm hosting, and we had Ferg come in to to fill fill out the the third seat. So thank you very much for joining us, Ferg. I am very happy to be here. Thank you for asking me to do it. Of course. Uh, so why don't you tell uh, all eight of our listeners who you are, <laughs> a little bit about yourself. Well, I guess seven, uh, since you're one of our listeners. <laughs> I was gonna say. Did you? I, I'm sorry. I was laughing. You said a little bit about myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. T- tell tell, uh, I, tell the, the audience who you are. I, I'm Ferg. I host the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast that Chris mentioned. And basically every episode I go through one game uh, as best I can, finding out uh, as much information as I can about it. And uh, also get a lot of great listener feedback on, the, on that game. And I also do a podcast called Please Stand By with my friend Kevin, where we basically make uh, fart jokes and make each other laugh for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very entertaining show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I don't listen to it as often as I should, but every time one comes on, I'll usually get through at least like 20 minutes of it on a walk or something. Just just crack it up listening to you guys crack each other up. <laughs> Thank you. It is a very strange and entertaining show. <laughs> okay, so man, you picked a you picked a hell of a show. You picked a series finale <laughs> for a show yeah, that I did. you've never heard of. I probably sh- yeah I that was I think I picked it because it was the best rated but I probably should have picked it at the beginning because this is one of the two episodes in the series that have kind of a mythology of the show there's not much of it but it's there so I when see I, once, okay once that's... I saw that it got it's like oh I shouldn't have picked this one <laughs> I don't know that was pretty that's pretty interesting to hear that not a lot of the episodes have a lot about the mythology of the show because uh, I was uh, first off Evan had us watch. Um, Greatest American Hero a while back, which yes. is a show that Karen and I have zero um, nostalgia for. Like, I didn't watch it as kids. I have no connection to it. And the same thing with this one. And as soon as right. this was done, I, I, I turned to Karen and said, well, that was a lot better than Greatest American Hero. Oh, wow. I, I was uh, Okay, good. We, I mean, I, mean I, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I don't remember really enjoying that show all that much. Like, it was fun. You know, it's and a product of its time, but it was like I, I I probably would have dug it when I was little, but it didn't really. There was a lot of stuff in the show that I was just like, what? And <laughs> this one, uh, you know, again, it is definitely a product of its time. And, oh yeah, yeah. But and and again, if I were a little kid watching this, I probably would have been totally into it. But like, I don't know. I I I was genuinely entertained for for most of this. Good. Um, 
Karen, what were your thoughts on it? Because we actually haven't spoken about it much at all. So yeah, we oh, try okay. we try not Save to discuss it for the show. The sh- exactly. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I think it's a little tough to compare this and the particular episode of Greatest American Hero we watched because that was the pilot. So there was a lot of setup and a lot of uh, you know, I don't know, figuring its feet out. Whereas yeah. this is the end of a season, and as it turned out, end of the series. So, like, this world was well-established. All their conventions in the show were all set up, and there was no... You just jump right into Jack the Ripper and Nellie Bly. Um, <laughs> I, I've been trying all night to figure out a way of how to say this that doesn't sound condescending, because I don't mean it like that, but it was cute. No, it, yeah. <laughs> it's I, a very cute show. I think so, too. I think so, too. I mean, when I was a kid, I was the same age as Amino Pellucci, who plays Jeffrey in the show. Mm-hmm. And I just could not get enough of this show. I loved going to the library, like he mentions at the end. You know, go to that was great. Yeah. yeah, little PSA I mean, it was, for the library. Yeah, it was a it was uh, produced in uh, tandem with Scholastic. So they I had did a hand see in that little okay. logo yeah. too. That was so. Awesome. This really was aimed at a younger audience. Uh, oh, definitely. It, yeah, it definitely didn't like try to strike me as edgy or anything like that. So no, no, right, no. Cool. Which I guess no. t- speaks to my sensibilities a bit more. When it comes to like adventure shows, there was a definite sense of adventure that I enjoyed. Um, yes. Now, it's just just a couple of more questions about the show itself. Um, I saw I was just looking through the IMDb page and I saw that the the main character he 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 died like two years later. That's yeah. He he was on a show called uh, Cover Up, I think it was called, and um, something happened where they were filming and he was um, he had a, a prop gun. But it, I mean, I think it was a real gun, but it had blanks in it or something. And he mm-hmm. kind of feigned shooting himself in the head. And oh, yeah, I don't know how guns work, but apparently whatever was in the gun. But I know you never want to do that. <laughs> no, no, you don't want to do that. But it shattered his skull and he died a week later. So it was just oh, it was an accident. Terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. He was only he was 26 a... when he passed away. He was uh, he was definitely charismatic. You, I, I was really wondering why I never heard of this guy before because i was like yeah. okay this is a big chunky good looking guy starring in a tv yep. fantasy show how have i never heard of him and then yeah well, there yeah. it is um, yeah, now, only a couple things there was also a movie before this was the movie connected to the show was it how does that work that i forgot to uh, i i just came across that recently i think it was just a couple episodes that they put together oh okay to make it into a movie like gotcha. like a um I think it was originally supposed to be just uh, just a movie, and then they flashed it. Um, I think they separated it into two episodes and made it a series. Gotcha. If I'm well, not mistaken, I'm, I'm not cool. not positive about that. So I really dug the. Um, I was, I I started to like really get into it. Like, I looked at it like, uh, okay, this is kind of a cool thing, and it, it, it's cute. It's '80s, whatever. But once they started hinting at. Like the the watches when she was just like she saw the watch she was like oh it's th- this is this guy's this guy's Jack the Ripper I was like whoa there's another time traveling dude all right that's kind of cool and that that time yeah. traveling dude is I thought that was pretty I thought that was kind of neat and I you know childishly like I, I, sense of adventure really got into it and I thought that was a really cool place to go with it I'm really bummed that this didn't continue at at all so yeah. Uh, Okay. So that was part of the mythology. He that was Drake. He appeared in a um, uh, one episode before this. Apparently, they put Bog on trial because uh, he was endangering Jeffrey Jones's life, and uh, Drake was the uh, prosecutor, and he escaped because he was falsifying documents or something like that. Yeah. So he was trying to get rid of Bog. <laughs> he had the so. super cool silver watch. Yeah. That yeah. was like, I just kept wanting to reach into the screen screen and smack that woman. She kept saying, I saw a silver watch just like yours. I'm like, but his is gold. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're acknowledging that it is a different color. Like, what the hell, woman? Come on. <laughs> and when he gave her that speech towards the end, it's like, man, I used to think you were awesome and, and whatnot. Now you're just... Throwing this in for the headlines, and she's standing there next to the cops. And they're like, "Well, I'm sold. Let's carry this guy away." <laughs> Huge gap in the gap in the uh, the evidence right there. There was yeah. another. Yeah. There was another little gap where when they took him back to uh, Doyle's apartment, and he was like debunking all the evidence that you know circumstantial evidence. 
He said something about like, you know, this that Mark was made by somebody who was smoking a cigar and he was left handed and he was four inches shorter right. and he explained everything except <laughs> how he knew that the guy was shorter than Bog. Like yeah. I just whoosh. And then the cops are just like yeah, but she has some good evidence. We're not going to say what it is. And so you're arrested. Peace. <laughs> like, damn it. Come on. Well, it was, what, 1880 or something, so it's not yeah, like that. Yeah, true. Yeah. So uh, does he always wear that ridiculous low-cut shirt? Or is oh, that my like- God. Yes. yes. Always. Uh, what, <laughs> what is his home, like, time? Is he I think from he the was future? a pirate. Oh, okay. I he, yeah, I think he was a pirate. Or All working right. a pirate ship or something like that. All right. Yeah. All right so do you guys do you guys know the story of the show or not? Not really. Could, no. Oh, the, just, wanna... just what we gleaned from the the intro, which was was fairly thorough. But yeah, go yeah, ahead and yeah. give us the give us the breakdown. So what happens is that the Omni that he has it, it's not a good one. It malfunctioned in the first episode, so he went up to 1982, but he's only supposed oh. to be able to go up to 1970. And he appeared in uh, Jeffrey Jones's bedroom. Who and Jeffrey Jones lived with his aunt and uncle. His parents were killed in an accident. And um, something I forget exactly what it was, but uh, Jeffrey falls out the window of his high-rise apartment, and Bog jumps out to save him. And then the Omni starts working, and they disappear. But what happened was kind of like the Greatest American Hero. Um, Bog had a guidebook because he didn't do well in Voyager school. So he had to have this guidebook, and he left the guidebook behind. But luckily, uh, Jeffrey Jones's wow. dad was a history professor, so Jeffrey Jones knew a lot about history, so he kind of used them as a guidebook. That is very funny, because in Greatest American Hero, he lost the instructions to the, the yep, super suit. to the That's suit, too... yeah, and had to figure it out. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't know anything about the, mis- the malfunctioning thing, and I figured yeah. they were just... I mean, th- I-, I was making internal parallels to, like, Doctor Who. I figured this was just like, all right, they travel through time and fix history. Ta-da! So and also, we- this this is kind of an anomaly because they're only in one time, a space and time. Sometimes they're, like, in four or five different ones. They go back and forth. Really? To fix in, things. In the same yeah. episodes? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, sometime Thomas Edison, I think, in one episode, fixed the Omni, and then they went to... Uh, I don't know. There's just so many different things. So many different times they went to. The rules of the time travel reminded me of, I'm failing at coming up with the name of it, but if you ever listened to the Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast, there was a time travel segment on that where the character was going through time to fix something that went wrong in history. Usually it had something to do with Nazis. I'm so mad that I can't remember the name of it, but it, it was a, it's sort of similar where, like, in the intro, they explained, like, it turns green when history is fixed. It's like, yeah, that's what that guy did in that other thing. And I wonder whether the creators of Thrilling Adventure Hour, maybe, you know, somebody saw this as a kid and was like, we got to do this thing that's like this show I used to watch. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Or something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a well-known show now, but I think a lot of us at the time were really into it and remember it fondly. I think the Probably, retroist well, just posted something about it recently. Huh. I think it would have been bigger if there had been an internet then, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It did go up against 60 Minutes. <laughs> it was on Sunday nights at 7. And, oh, jeez. Um, what channel? Uh, from, uh, channel 4, or NBC. And from what I understand, 60 Minutes was having some lawsuit trouble that year, so NBC wanted to uh, take advantage of that and put a news program on. And it failed miserably, so that's why they canceled the show, <laughs> from what I read. Interesting. Yeah. So this is NBC. I was wondering, like, uh, really a few minutes into this, I was like, all right, this is kind of a great premise. I wonder why nobody's tried to remake this. I wonder if there's any DNA in from this show in NBC's Timeless. And I also wonder if that show is still on the air. <laughs> there's Quantum Leap, too. It's kind of similar. Yeah, that's that. That is also something this reminded me of was uh, I, was Quantum Leap. Did you? I don't, I've never seen Sliders, but I think that has a similar premise as well. I've never seen that either. I know it had the guy oh. from Joe's apartment in it. Yep. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Uh oh, gosh, darn it! <laughs> I know he was in something way more popular than Joe's apartment. Stand by me. And, yeah, there you go. But uh, seeing oh cockroaches my gosh. forever. Yeah, right. What the heck was. <laughs> 
that guy's name? All right, I'm on IMDb. I'm doing it. Joseph <laughs> Mint. Jerry O'Connell there. Jerry oh, O'Connell. that guy. <laughs> Cherry flavored Pez. <laughs> My God. Billy West was in this movie. All right, yeah, let's not tangent into uh, into Joseph <laughs> Probably not the best idea. So, uh, yeah, I guess what was the, uh, you know, you just, you dug this show when you were little, and uh, I remember I did, you, uh, yeah. you, you suggested was, that you were curious if it was going to hold up. Uh, yeah, because I mean, because I know you, were you guys even born in 82? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, thank you, but yes, I was born in Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> I was, I would, like I'm I said, only I was, 81, all right? I was, okay. the, I was Chris was a tiny time. baby, and I was all of three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I was 12, and I just fell, absolutely fell in love with the show and was very, very sad when it ended. I don't know if... if I guess you guys probably grew up with a VCR. Is that... Yes. Am I assuming yeah. too much? Well, I mean, I yeah, at a certain point, we got a VCR, yeah. Yeah, because... I, well, then you probably remember a little bit about maybe going through the TV Guide or whatever, the Sunday paper. Oh, and love TV cir- Guide. Circling, circling all the TV shows <laughs> that you wanted to watch that week. Absolutely. Because you, you had to be there. For that back then, you could not yes, you did. tape it. I, we didn't have a VCR until '89, I think. That's when we got '89 um, or '90, because we got ours when um, Batman came out on VHS. That's when we got. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. yep, yep. So yeah, all the time, every week with the 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 TV guide, and there was a, my dad always had one like sitting in the little side table next to his recliner, and I loved yep. going through it to find out what was going to be on. Yeah, and I yeah. loved like they never really had the Saturday morning cartoons lined up right, and that always bugged me because that was my thing, that was my jam was Saturday morning cartoons, and I always wanted like to to really plan out all right when's X Men on, when's Garfield and Friends on, like <laughs> I gotta know, and that stuff was never it never seemed to be listed right, and it always bugged me. Yeah, I think fast. I started watching this because of Mino Pellucci. Um, he was in a show the previous year called Best of the West that I really liked. And it starred the the dad from Silver Spoons, who would go on to be the dad from Silver Spoons. And it was um, about an Old West family. It was a comedy, but I really loved the show and, and him. And he was on a bunch of shows like The Jeffersons. Um, he was on an episode of Silver Spoons, wasn't he? He was on an episode of Silver Spoons as well. Yeah, he's a very good uh, cry-on-demand kid. And, of course, uh, half-brother to Punky Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why he was on Punky. Ver- oh, yeah, he was on Punky. Ver- yeah. I could totally see that. That is yeah. good casting. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't act anymore. He's a photographer now. I follow him on Twitter, and oh. <laughs> uh, I don't. He doesn't talk. He doesn't talk much about the TV show on Twitter. So, or his acting. Huh. But I think he's done interviews in the past about uh, John Eric Hexum, so I need to seek those out. Yeah, I'd be really interested to hear about that. I was, I was like really surprised. I, mean, I just, I found out about it like just before the show tonight about you know his death and everything. I'm, yeah, was really kind of, kind of that's that's terrible and shocking. Yeah, yeah. He was on A Team. Man, I love the A Team. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Loved that show. Yeah. I really liked the I, movie too. I oh. did too. I, I didn't. I did like that. Yeah. It's one of the funniest movies. I, I swear, I ever when they try to fly the tank, like I laugh so hard <laughs> every time I see that. I'm just cracking up hysterically. The movie's just hilarious. Yeah, it's a it's about time for a rewatch on that one. Yeah, it's been entirely too long since we watched that movie. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, do we have any closing thoughts on on this show before we take a break and move on? I'm good. I'm just glad you guys liked it after last week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no offense intended to this show, but anything no, no, would no. have been an improvement over no. last week. <laughs> God damn it. Yes. Voyagers from, 19- from the early 80s is better than the new X-Files. <laughs> Holy mother of God. Man, that show was bad. I mean, I hope it got better. Maybe it did. It couldn't have gotten worse. But I still haven't been able to bring myself to check out the next episode. I'm not about to spend any time on it. <laughs> not when there's so much else to watch. All right. Well, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the show. Um, I'm glad I know it exists now. It feels like this delightful piece of uh, pop culture that I was completely unaware of before. I wish Evan was here because I bet he would have loved this one. Like, I really? really? This seems like so up his alley. Evan's a few years older than me too, so he might he might have even known about this show. I, I don't know. He didn't really say anything when I asked him to get it for us. So, gotcha. Uh, I think I feel like he would have enjoyed this. But 
anyways, thank you again for recommending it, and uh, I hope everybody who watched it, all seven of you, enjoyed it as well. <laughs> all right, we're going to take ourselves a quick break, uh, do some commercials, and uh, oh, the Dragon Ball Super 60 Second Summary. So uh, when we get back, we'll talk about some things that have been going on in the news. You are listening to this week's episode from Geekade.com. Stick around. Look, there are a ton of great podcasts here at Geekade. And you should subscribe to them all, but we simply can't do everything. Luckily, we have Dave DiOrio to check out podcasts from other sources and report back on which ones are worth your time. This month, he recommends Heaven's Gate from Stitcher, a deep dive into the UFO religious cult that caused a mass suicide in the late 90s. Check out what makes this podcast so fascinating in Budsworthy, Jesus on a Spaceship. Remember the intoxicating magic of the Scholastic Book Fair? I do. So many possibilities for young readers of all stripes. It was there that Gabby discovered the subject of her latest reread, part of a series that couched historical fact within an approachable narrative style. <laughs> this month's selection gives us a look at the young life of one of history's most famous women. Find out how much of this young adult title, sorry, find out how much of this young adult title is relevant today in Gabby rereads The Royal Diaries Cleopatra uh, 7. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cleopatra 7. Damn it. Uh, I'll leave that in. <laughs> I can't read Roman numerals. If a year were a video game, this month would be level 1. And any good video game, as, as well as any good year, should kick things off with a really great song. So what better time than now to check out some of the best level 1 songs from video game soundtracks? Find out which tracks made the list, including one that's featured in heavy rotation around the Randazzo house lately. Tune in to the Waveback Podcast, episode 49, New Year's Special 1. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. All right, everybody, it is time, once again, for the Dragon Ball Super 60-second summary. I am excited and... I can't think of any other S-words. Not that excited is an S-word, but gosh dang it, it was a good time. All right, <clears throat> one minute on the clock. Here I go. Okay, so, uh, what happened? Um, it was, oh, that's right, they were fighting Jiren, and um, so almost nobody is left, right? You've got Frieza fighting the weird rabbit-looking dude, and you've got Gohan and Android uh, 17 fighting against Tapa, who's the dude with the big mustache. But... Jiren, the crazy super powerful guy that um, beat the, the... Oh, did he beat the snot out of Vegeta this week? I can't remember. Vegeta went to fight him and he got the snot beat out of him. I can't remember which week that was. But this week, Goku and Vegeta teamed up on him. And that was super awesome. Goku went all Super Saiyan Blue with uh, the Kaioken on top of it. So he's as powerful as he can be. Unless he got through uh, Ultra Instinct, which he can't really do on, on demand. And Vegeta somehow did like some like Super Saiyan Blue Level 2 stuff. I don't know, they didn't really explain it. It just looked really neat. And my kids were nice enough to let me watch it while they were in the room, too. So that was neat. And then John said, I want to watch Danger Mouse next. And that made me super happy because Danger Mouse is awesome. But uh, the fight is going to continue next week. We'll find out who wins, Goku and Vegeta versus Vegeta. Wow. I didn't think you were going to make it. <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat. And we are back. Uh, we are going to start talking about things that have happened in the news because news is good. And really, I I strive to be uh, Ollie from Syphil and Ollie when talking about transitioning to the news. You know, really, Syphil and Ollie news. Look it up. It's great stuff. Anyway, this first one comes from, to us from BBC America. David. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> The yellow this one. Is what I was waiting for. <laughs> sure, that one. And Dominic West to lead the all-star cast of the new Les Miserables adaptation. <laughs> I'm going to come over there and punch you. <laughs> so, Karen, um, really, no, I, I read Les Mis in the title, and I just figured that when we got to talking about this, I'd just defer to you. So Yeah, uh, well, you know, it is my area. Um Yes, the BBC is making a non-musical adaptation of Victor Hugo's novel Les Miserables. Um, it sounds awesome. Um, I am not a wire person, don't at me, um, but I know that it's a good show, and so this Dominic West person who is from The Wire will, will be great. Um, and 
uh, he's playing Jean Valjean, and uh, David Oyelowo, very proud that I know how to say that because it's not <laughs> an easy name. Um, he is a heavy hitter too. He was, he was at something award winning, and now it's failing me. But he's fantastic, and 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 he's going to be Javert. So hopefully, he will erase the taste of Russell Crowe's Javert right out of my mouth. Um, this would be terrible. the one safe place to cast him as Javert because you wouldn't have to freaking sing. Not that he'd be great to begin with. Yeah, but he'd still be Russell Crowing all over the place. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's going to be a six-part series, and it's going to be on uh, in the U.S. It's going to air later this year on Masterpiece, and it's going to be great. Oh, it's also going to have Olivia Coleman, who you know from Broadchurch and from like a guest role on Doctor Who. Uh, so she's awesome, too. And you should watch this, especially if you like Labans. Hmm. No I don't think I've ever. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I I would Aww. like to see. I like him. I like uh, David. I'm not gonna try. Um, <laughs> I I remember him from MI5. I really liked him in that. That's the first time I ever saw him. Hmm. <clears throat> Neat. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, let's... that one was just for me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Next up from BuzzFeed, Star Trek showrunners defend devastating death of beloved character. Um, I didn't read this because uh, I kind of want to watch this show. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. We, spoilers. I know someone died. And I know like uh, the four people I know who watch this show because really who wants to pay for CBS Give Me Money app. Uh, they, they were really like why they do that. That sucked. But, like, one of them was a picture of Spock. And I was like, wait a minute. Letter Nimoy's already dead. So what are you doing? Does this show have Letter <laughs> Nimoy on it? Just tell me that. It does not. I can try and tell you this story without spoiling it. Um, it is a gay character. Not the main gay character from the show, but uh, his boyfriend is the one who dies. And there's some, uh, I guess, outrage in the fan community because um, that tends to be a thing in sci-fi in general is that you know the gay character gets killed and it, it's can be viewed as like a persecution of that lifestyle um is that a thing it, it is if you think it is um i don't i mean <laughs> oh it, not being members of the gay community i'm not really you know an authority to comment on it but you know all i can say is <clears throat> some people perceive it as a thing and that's why a bunch of people are upset that this happened I'm upset that this happened because the character was played by Wilson Cruz, who was Ricky on my uh, so-called life, and I loved him. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, all right. I'm a big Star Trek fan. Sure. Uh, did this guy wake up in the morning, and was was he wearing red? Cause... <laughs> oh, no, I think he was, like, a, a like not a main character, but, like, a secondary <clears throat> character. Well, I mean, secondary and, characters he... on Star Trek, that's kind of free game. <laughs> He's, he's not a red shirt. I'm trying to think of like another sci-fi gay character that's been killed off. The only one I can think of is Tara from uh, Buffy, but she sucked anyway. So <laughs> I don't think Tara sucked. I didn't like her. Willow well, could have done better. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, are you a Star Trek fan, Virg? I haven't watched this one. Um, I've watched pretty much all the shows except for um, The Next Generation. Really? Yeah, I think I'm one of the few people who actually liked um, Enterprise, too. Oh, I thought Enterprise was great. I didn't like the the theme song, but... No, that was a little weird, yeah. Yeah, that was like, (laughs) why did you do that? Star Trek's kind of known for awesome... Whatever, but... No, and Scott Bakula is the... Yeah, I like Captain I like him a lot. Great. Yeah, yeah, Scott Bakula is awesome. Now, Voy- um, I didn't really care for Voyager. I love Next Generation, but uh, and I love Deep Space Nine. I haven't gone back and rewatched any of them, and I never I finished haven't. Enterprise. Although I, yeah. I heard the ending to that was like really awful. Oh, really? Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> it was one. That was that was something I got spoiled on because it was just something that somebody was complaining about when I was working at the comic book shop, and I was like, "You're kidding me! They did that!" Oh <laughs> no! Like, oh man! <laughs> I'll g- I'll give you a little hint. Jonathan Frakes is involved. Oh. <laughs> 
Yay. All right. Well, Star Trek. I'll I'll figure it out eventually. I am gonna watch it eventually because I do like I do like me some Star Trek. Okay. Uh, this one, Karen. Uh, <laughs> Karen posted <laughs> this from TV Line, and she started the uh, the 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 post to, to us in our newsfeed by saying, "We gotta go back." Uh. Which, uh, <laughs> So let's see. Uh, Lost revival. No official dis- no fish no fishing. Yeah, no official discussions to resurrect series. Says ABC boss. To which I say thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, but there are some rumors. Uh, I guess Carlton Cuse is it has come back to has a contract with ABC. Hmm. Um, yes, and so that is started speculation that maybe that is something that will happen, and I don't know why. They would do that I think unless they're idea. gonna go back and do it right <laughs> i mean the problem with lost is that they had a planned ending and then the network said hey instead of doing that why don't we just make the show as long as we can because people mm. like it yeah. not understanding that right but that you know and then then the network not understanding that you know what made it good is that it was a planned out narrative with you know an ending so knowing what we know now about how we let shows end at their natural natural end and that makes it better, maybe bringing it back and doing it properly would be a good thing. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like Lost told its story and uh, what the just do something new, I guess. I also think it might be too soon to yeah, like redo the show. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel that old, really. You got. I'm taking. I take it you guys watched it. The whole thing. We did. We watched the. We we stuck with it all the way through to the end. Did you? Were you watching it in real time, or did you watch it later? I picked up in real time around season three. Okay. Was all this right. this was when you were working at Ga- at Game Crazy, and you could get the DVDs at Hollywood, right? Uh, uh yes, that was when I was working at Game Crazy in Brooklyn, and I was living in Brooklyn, and and I, I was dating you in Brooklyn, but living in New Jersey. <laughs> that was wow. fun. <clears throat> yeah, from that Wayne was to love. Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, and I remember renting this and watching it with my roommate John. And uh, boy, the season—I was so happy that I, I didn't have to wait for like season breaks in the beginning. You know, yeah, the, the season one to season two, because when they open up the hatch, I was like, "Whoa, what's down oh, there?" Oh, that was that was great. Yeah, that was one of my favorite the season premieres in in all of television. Was the beginning with the make your own kind of music, Mama Cass playing. Oh, and that's right. Desmond chilling down there, like, yeah. What is going? Like, half this looks like the seventies, but that's a new washing machine. What yeah. is going on? <laughs> and then they pan out, and it's like Locke looking down the the hatch. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Man, for and all then, the, the banana craziness that happened, that show was fun. Yeah. How far did you we, get? We watched the whole thing, but the whole flash forward really, it slowed it way down for us. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I did enjoy the characters themselves getting fed up with like the weird time jumps that they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Where like every time it would happen, uh, Sawyer would just be like, God damn it. <laughs> 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 really, really enjoyed Sawyer. I miss him, and I miss Josh Holloway. What's he doing? I don't know. He was supposed to be a big breakout star after that, and nothing really happened. Well, yeah, yeah, they gave him like his his own show at some point, some action show. Yeah. It was apparently but terrible. It sucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. I can't believe that that man exists. But they want Channing Tatum to play Gambit. Like Josh Holloway is Holy Gambit. Holy cow! <laughs> like. How has that not happened? Come on. Oh, my gosh. I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be perfect? <laughs> that would be. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Channing Tatum is Gambit. It's like that movie's ever going to happen. Excuse uh, me. Say say his name correctly. Channing Potatum, yes. Thank you. <laughs> the man is a potato. A perfectly delightful potato. I have nothing against the man. He was very funny in, uh, what was that, World's End? Was that it? The, the beer movie with... Um, Yes. Yes. He With Simon very... Pegg. Yeah. He was in that. How come I don't remember him in that? I think he was and that he's one in the dude's King... gimp, right? In the when he was like he was like tied up and chained up or something like a dog. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, and he was in the Kingsman the sequel, which we haven't seen yet. Oh, true. Yeah. And Twenty One Jump Street, which I also haven't seen, but that's supposed to be good. Yeah, anyway. they're supposed to be good. Give yeah. Channing Potato my chance. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
right. Uh, this I this one kind of surprised me. Uh, Jennifer Connelly's Snowpiercer TNT show ordered to series. This news comes to us via Sci-Fi or Sifi. <laughs> Did you really have to change the spelling of sci-fi, guys? Like, it worked. There was nothing wrong with it. No, never mind. Um, I like Jennifer Connelly a lot because I'm a huge fan of The Rocketeer. And um, uh, I don't know anything about any of the rest of this. What is Snowpiercer? Um, it was a movie and also maybe a book. I think a book it was based on. Um, about a train that's like going around the world with a bunch of you know, it was like post-apocalyptic world and all the survivors are on uh, this train. And I just realized that I need to watch this movie because it's Chris Evans, <laughs> my my secret Hollywood boyfriend. Uh, yes. You... <laughs> secret is out. <laughs> the survivors of a world freezing apocalypse who inhabit a gigantic perpetually moving train that circles the globe. As it does, issues of class warfare, social injustice, and the politics of survival are raised. So, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic nightmare. Um, and it's, I think, by people who know this, the uh, source material, it's pretty well regarded. Uh, it's got David Diggs from Hamilton attached, so I'm excited because, you know, anything with Hamilton I love. Um, I... I look. I would check the show out. I think it looks cool. Uh, it's on TNT, so that is a a little red flag. I don't know if <laughs> they would have the budget to do a show like this, like cool and good. Well, I mean, I don't think that librarians show is around anymore, and that cost them a buttload of money. So, I think they have the budget for one of these things. I can't <laughs> say on the surface the name Snowpiercer is not very impressive, because I mean, I've been in the snow. That's not hard to pierce. <laughs> okay. you just throw you can throw a pen at that thing it's, it's just no but uh I, I, I'm game I'd watch this kind of neat that sci-fi is reporting on something that's happening on TNT but whatever I don't understand yeah that. that is weird maybe they have a connection to it uh, possibly it could be all yeah. the same thing look TNT will always have a place in my heart because they air lots of Law and Order reruns so <laughs> TNT is okay by me chunk chunk God, I love Law and Order. All right, let's see. Next up, Vox. Man, this... Uh. I'm sorry that I had to put this in here. <laughs> Roseanne Barr attempts to explain both her and her character's Trump support, sort of. Yeah. This one I read. Uh, so, I didn't know Roseanne was a big Trump supporter. Um, I, uh... Oof. I do like the idea that um, there has been a rift between Roseanne and Jackie because Jackie is like not a Trump supporter and no. Roseanne was. So that's kind of neat, the, a way to write that into a TV show. But I just don't know that I can watch a TV show about a Trump supporter. Well, I don't know that that's going to be a central focus of the show. I think it's just something that informs her character. It might be part of the show, but I don't think it's going to be about how she's a Trump supporter. I think it, didn't they mention it was just one episode? They mentioned it one episode. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's Oh, right. maybe maybe not. Somewhere. Um, but uh, some people are mad about this cuz they don't feel like it's true to the original Roseanne character. But I kind of feel like the I guess the archetype that Roseanne represents of like a lower middle class working uh, you know, blue collar family yeah. is the demographic that voted for him. Yeah, I mean, the way she explained it, like, she explained it like Roseanne doesn't agree with everything he does, just like you don't agree with everything. Other people wouldn't agree with everything Hillary Clinton does or whatever. But look, I don't want to dive too much into politics, but I do find our current president to be a living example of everything that could possibly be wrong with a human being. So <laughs> I find zero redeeming value in something that is uh, in any way flavored pro Trump. So I don't know that really tarnished my excitement for this, uh, for this upcoming show. And I don't know if that makes me a bad person or intolerant or whatever, but I'm sorry. I have very, very little, little tolerance for that. So um, I don't know, man, this, this story made me feel weird. 
just the fact that they're bringing it back is weird. That is Any true. of these shows, really. I mean, it's just like you know, you were talking about Lost. They they said everything they needed to say. I think. You know, yeah, is they there told the story. That much more to say. I don't know. I I don't either. I mean, this one, I. I... This one, I feel like I get because this is that family, the same family in a different time, like the '80s versus now. It's to- two totally different times. And so going I, back, yeah, going back and watching older Roseanne, like we recently did on our Halloween episode, it's like I, I could see some sort of want for if this was done well to see more of this family in my you know, in modern times dealing with the way society is now as opposed to the way it was and seeing how their family dynamic works, which I guess is what sh- this is this is talking about here but you know even in this article they mention will and grace like that didn't need to happen (laughs) no that didn't need to happen (laughs) no (laughs) yeah i mean we've been we've been begroning uh the the proposed office remake like stop you don't need to do that Uh, just like you don't need to do lost there's there are some things that are worth you know picking back up again there are some things that are interesting to take a look at where are these where would these characters be now and that's fine to, in those those odd occasions, like picking up Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I'm not a huge fan of the show, but I get I get that one, you know, uh, something like Roseanne. I can I can kind of see that. But this is something that I, a trend lately that I feel a little weird about. I mean, I guess it's it's all kind of stemming off of the uh, success of Fuller House, which. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, networks will always want to cash in on the nostalgia train. And yeah. this is the latest example of that. And this one, I think, will work. Like 95% of the rest of them, no. Get rid of it. I also don't like Fuller House. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it's not for you. That's right. <laughs> it is It is definitely not for me. And I loved yeah. Full House as a little kid. I did. I enjoyed But you're not a show. little kid, and you're not a... You're not a woman in my, you know, generation. <laughs> that is also true. All right. Uh, next up from Nerdist. How the Arrowverse sexual harassment scandal will change DC TV. Um, this one I did not get a chance to read. Karen, could you elaborate on this one? Uh, there's really not much to this one. It's just that the guy, uh, Kreisberg, that they got rid of is being replaced by other people who are not total creeps. Um. <laughs> Both on Supergirl and on Flash, they've had to replace some producing slots. But you know, um, Kreisberg was you know an EP, but he's not like the guy that made the show. Is you know, it's not as if anything drastic is going to change about our shows that we love just because this one guy is gone. So, yeah. well, shows that we love and Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Ferg, do you watch any of these superhero shows? I have not seen any of them, no. I hear they're good. I mean, better than the movies, which I also have not seen, but I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of TV, unfortunately. (laughs) If we had all the time in the world, I'd play all the games and watch all the TV. Exactly, exactly. We don't. Now, we're definitely into the, uh, the DC TV, and I can heartily recommend Supergirl and Flash. An arrow now, but boy, that got off to a rocky start. That's what I heard. Yeah, that show. Like you can, I can still smell that that season from here. That's that was that was painful. Anywho, moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this coming to us from Cult Box, uh, Doctor Who series eleven director revealed for block th- block three of episodes. Yes, they divide means. the series into blocks. Oh, so. okay. Now, I, when I originally th- read this headline, like, block of three episodes, and it made perfect sense to me. And now looking at it in actually the words in front of me, I got confused. Yes, I believe block three is actually two episodes. So that stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> um, there's not much to this story either, just that they have uh, chosen this woman, Stal- Sally. Okay, this one's going to be tough for me. Apramian. I think that's right. Uh, who has me. some... I, I agree. A premium. I think that's good. I, Thank I concur. you. <laughs> Thank you. I am. Um, because I, what I was really craving was your approval. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, 
So they oh, she's directing a block of three episodes, which is also block three. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, and Our I pipes just, feeling awfully empty over here, Karen. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh. So yeah, they're not really releasing any of uh, details, as is typically true of Doctor Who. They like to. They like to drag out their news over the course of their extremely long hiatus between series. Um, I just think it's cool that they've brought in a woman to direct some episodes, being that the Doctor is now being played by a woman. Um, yeah. I think that's a smart move by the show. And that's all I have really to say about that, other than, as previously promised, until my show comes back, I will talk about Doctor Who news whenever I damn well feel like it. <laughs> I just want to also say that, you know, every time something links to this, that's usually one of the, the like five or six pictures of Jodie Whittaker as the doctor. I freaking love this outfit. Every time I see it, I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I'm so in <laughs> this big doofy looking pants and yellow suspenders. Like, <laughs> it looks great. I don't think I linked it for our show, but there was a somewhere I read a breakdown of the costume and how all the different pieces were influenced by, you know, previous, you know, the history of the show. It was really cool and fun to read. I'll well, have to see if I can find cool. that. Yeah, I'd link to that. I'd like to read that. Now, I was pretty sure you were, you were, you were cool with it. I'm pretty sure you were all cool with it when we got to the show. I know you were a little uh, confused at first. Not even confused. You were just like, I don't know how I feel about it, kind of. But I know you were all for it on the show, too, because we were both like, yeah, well, the the internet's all like, she looks ridiculous. I'm like, have you seen The Doctor? <laughs> have you ever seen this show? One of them was wearing, like, basically a rainbow plaid suit for... This, the Doctor's always dressed ridiculous. It's kind of the, half the point of the character. Yeah. Anywho's, let's see here. Next up, from Slate Magazine. Is that an actual magazine or just a... No, never mind. Uh, Dan Harmon acknowledges that he sexually harassed community writer Megan Gans in a seven-minute podcast monologue. Karen, you told me about this. Uh, mm -hmm. You'll do a better job of talking about this than than I would. Uh, yeah, basically this, uh, this woman worked for Dan Harmon uh, in the community writer's room uh, and he was interest her, interested in her either romantically or sexually, whatever you want to call it, um, and basically made repeated unwanted advances, and she rejected it, and he continued his um, intentions toward her, and to the point where he was, he was dating somebody at the time, and he ended up breaking up with that woman to make himself more available for this person that he was interested in that was not interested in him. And during all of this time, he was her boss and it, you know, could at any point in time affect her employment. And, uh, so she, I f cannot quite remember. I think she made this public at some point that the, he had done this to her and on his podcast, Harmontown, he, uh, addressed the situation, um, owned up to everything that he did. Uh, detailed out everything that happened, what he was thinking when he did it, and like how he was sort of able to justify it to himself, lie to himself, and make him feel like what he was doing was okay, and um, completely apologized and owned everything, didn't put any blame for anything. He took, you know, 100% responsibility. And this is in this hashtag MeToo era the best apology that we've seen in one of these kinds of situations because it uh, sort of explains the mindset of the men, of the, of the predators in these situations. And I think that people might be able to see familiar actions or familiar motivations maybe in what he said he was doing. And I think that's a really good thing for the world to be able to know about. Was that kind of what you were hoping I would say? 
I am. <laughs> like, yeah, more or less. I, I, I mean, um, have I hit seven minutes on this monologue? Am I matching <laughs> Harmon for time? The uh, the full text of his apology from the podcast is in this Slate article. Uh, I highly, highly recommend you check it out because really I can talk about it left, right, and center, but it's really reading it will 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 help you understand why it's the right thing to do in this situation. And yeah. um, it was publicly acknowledged on Twitter by this woman. She not only um, forgave him, but wanted to like publicly explain that she, why she was forgiving him and um, give him like appreciation for having addressed this in the right way. Huh. So, yeah, and to tell people to actually listen to the podcast too, which was surprising. Right. Yeah, yeah. she wanted people to actually hear what he said. Well, that's kind of a, a good outcome to a horrible situation. That's nice to hear. Um, I'm a fan of uh, Dan Harmon's stuff. I know nothing about the man personally, but I've loved Community. I, I'm a fan of Rick and Morty. I have not seen anything else he's done. <laughs> I'm looking through his IMDb page right now, and yeah, no, I, I don't think I've I've seen anything else that he's been involved in. But that's a, a, you don't hear a lot of happy endings to these stories. No, uh, and that is that is kind of nice to to have that be a thing. Well, uh, this next story uh, is really something. So again, from Nerdist, yeah. American Gods season two, Neil Gaiman to showrun. Brian Fuller, Michael Green may contribute. Uh, these questions and more will be answered by Karen because she's the only one, at least uh, that I know of, that knows anything about American Gods. Ferg, are you an American Gods fan? Do you know what any of this? I love is? the absolutely love the book, and I really wanted okay. to see this, but now I'm not sure that I want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're a fan of the book. Uh, yeah, it's I love really the book. good stuff. Yeah. Um. What annoyed me about this when I saw it is, uh, I think I this came into my Facebook feed, and so the um, the headline for this article in the little thumbnail uh, in the Facebook post did not have the question marks that it has in the full, uh, you know, the actual page where the story is. <laughs> so it just said Neil Gaiman to showrun, Brian Fuller, Michael Green may contribute, like definitive declarative statements and then you go to this article and there those are not declarative statements they're questions yeah um there's a lot of confusion in this article and it's from almost a week ago now so it's <laughs> things may have changed but um somebody said that that neil gaiman was going to be taking over american gods as the showrunner when this, the original creators left and someone asked him, and he was like, news to me. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some uh, wire crossing going on. I mean, he's got good omens cooking. That's probably the more important thing for him to, yeah, to focus I mean, on, right? Yeah, I wouldn't, we wouldn't want him to, like, split his attention and, you know, never, never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Exactly. <laughs> I was not a fan of the... Uh, episode that we watched on this show but again i have zero connection to the source material so uh and you like it it was just the the first episode that we watched i think i said this last week it was just the show was just getting started mm -hmm. you didn't get to see uh, all of what makes this this story great in that first episode so just judging it on that first episode alone i could see why you didn't why you would think maybe I don't like this show. But and I think... Really, I mean, it's going to be so interesting to see where this show goes. I mean, I'm just going to pay attention to what happens because, you know, Gillian Anderson, Christian Chenoweth leaving the show, like, there's definitely something going on. So I'll be very curious because I know a lot of people really did dig the first season of it. Um, so I'm curious to see how the second one's going to turn out. And I, I did, you know, we haven't been able to see this, but... Um... I believe the first season covered the book. And so season two would be going beyond the source material. Oh, okay. Um, and in here they also say, we talked about this last week, that Gillian Anderson was leaving the show. Uh, apparently, 
that had her, the showrunners leaving had nothing to do with that. She was not slated to appear in season two. Huh. That that was a little side note in this. So, um, I don't think anybody knows what's going on over <laughs> there at American Gods, um, which makes me mad because this is. I mean, it's not my favorite Neil Gaiman book, but Neil Gaiman is my favorite writer, and so I don't want to see any of his stuff messed up, y'all. Thank you for that. <laughs> Listen, I spent a few years of my child in the South. Sometimes it slips out. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, this next one is, is just delightful. Uh, again, from Nerdist. Stranger Things, David Harbour came through on taking high schoolers' oh. senior picture with her. These pictures are great. They are amazing. So, I mean, really, this story goes, uh, again, uh, Karen, you're better at details than I am, so... Uh, Tell 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 us a story, Karen. Uh, a while back, this girl tweeted to David Harbor saying, uh, "How many retweets did I would I have to get for you to take your senior picture with me?" And he said twenty five thousand, <laughs> and that <laughs> and that if she got it, he'd wear the school sweatshirt and hold a trombone. And <laughs> as this updated Nerdist article says, he did it. The crazy sob really did it. And the results <laughs> are glorious. <laughs> They're great. These pictures are just wonderful. I mean, there's one where he's giving her like bunny ears from behind and the side eye. He's got pom poms. <laughs> <laughs> I love so this good. guy. I do too. I had never heard of him before Stranger Things, and now I just want to watch everything he's in. <laughs> He's going to be Hellboy. I know. I'm very interested in that because I watched the first one, and that was, I love that movie. I, I love the first and the second one. I'm so sad that that, that there's not going to be a third one in continuity because the second one kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, does it? Okay, I think I heard that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not like a, an amazing like a, a cliffhanger you couldn't just imagine your own ending to, but uh, it's it was still a cliffhanger, and I, I love Ron Perlman as Hellboy, but, I mean, David Harbour looks great in the makeup, so it's, yeah. it's fine by me. And... I and I knew David Harbor only from before this from Newsroom, and he didn't have a huge part there, but he was a he was, he was a good character on Newsroom. I love that show, so uh, he's great. He's absolutely wonderful, and I'm glad that he's getting more work because he's a cool dude. Yeah, and this kind of thing, this is what the internet is for, not all the other garbage. <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, the internet is a is a delightful place. It is. It just brings warm fuzzies to my cold yep. pricklies. Okay. Back into difficult territory. Uh-oh. <laughs> Aziz Ansari responds to oh. sexual assault claim uh, from CNN.com. This one I read in a brief moment that I had to myself earlier today. And I I don't know what to think of this, especially just from this report. Because uh, I didn't link through to any more in-depth reports on the accusations, but I, I don't know from from what I'm reading, it seems like I, I kind of want to error on the side of uh, Aziz Ansari because it seemed like fr- I mean at least from his perspective everything was fine, and then the girl decided a few hours later that she had been sexually assaulted. I mean, am I, was I reading that wrong? Uh, there's a lot to this. And the reason that I chose this CNN article to put in the feed is that it is one of the few pieces out there about this story <laughs> that is not opinion. Most of the other things, there's the, uh, the original article with the allegations in it, which is from a magazine called, or an online magazine called Babe. And then there's this, and then there's a bunch of people out there, like every feminist writer on the internet is writing their own opinion about who's right and who's wrong and what the hell happened. Um, It's different than most of the other stories we've seen about this kind of thing, because it's not a workplace thing. They were on a date. Um, So the rules are kind of different in that situation. Um, Not that anybody is right or wrong but you know obviously sexual any kind of sexual behavior in the workplace is wrong whereas on a date it may or may not be okay based on what's happening on the date uh 
some stuff happened between the the girl and and Aziz Ansari on the date at his apartment. Um, it may or may not have been okay. We don't have his side of the story other than for him to say, "I thought everything fi- was fine and consensual." So yeah, nobody can say like it was good or bad. Um, the one thing that I noticed about the story is that she felt uncomfortable. She said she gave nonverbal cues. She didn't decisively say, no, stop, don't do that. She didn't leave. Which I feel like is something that you would would have wanted to do if you were going to accuse somebody of sexual assault. Yeah. yeah Not I mean, that like, she... W- a misunder- there could have been some sort of misunderstanding there. Absolutely. But, I mean... Like, mis- not that... He was behaving, like, if you read her account, he was behaving like a dick, but assault might be a bridge too far in this case. Yeah, I mean, going out and calling uh, ca- ca- calling a, uh, uh, calling out a celebrity for sexual assault, yeah, I think that just kind of, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's just, it started a, a different kind of conversation about these kinds of things of, like, what is and is not acceptable, because... I guess the conclusion that I've come down to on it is there's uh, a, a percentage of the male population that just needs a technical consent for sex. And this encounter seems to have fallen into that category, not an enthusiastic consent. Um, and that's not okay. That should not be. But apparently that's the that's the culture now. And so there's a conversation happening about should that change? And I think that conversation happening is certainly a, a good thing to have come out about this story, but I don't know that dragging Ansari's name through the mud was, you know, the way to open up that conversation. Look, bottom line, men, all four of you who listen to this show, <laughs> don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> It's Basically. the uh, Will Wheaton rule of the internet. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I mean, just don't be a dick. It's not that hard to not be a dick to women. It's really not. I mean, no, it's not hard. They're at really all. nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love my mom. I love my wife. I love my daughter. I, I love that women are why we exist. So yes. you should probably treat them with respect. <laughs> It's such a, it is, it's a big conversation and it's someone that I don't have, it's one that I don't have the answers to, but all I can say is just guys don't be dicks. That's, yep. <laughs> that's really what it comes Pretty down much. to. And, yes. and women don't be afraid to say what, you know, say what you're feeling instead of just, you know, doing what we've been, what we've come up into society as being acceptable, which is don't hurt the guy's feelings, you know. Yeah, that's also true. I mean, you know. God, this is stupid. This should not be a thing, you know? Why is this a thing? This shouldn't be a thing. People shouldn't have to be taught this. It's just like, isn't this just basic humanity here? Come on. (sighs) Anyway. Oh, and this one kind of caught me off guard. Our last story of the night. Um, From Bravo TV. Top chef's Fatima Ali undergoes surgery to remove a tumor as she battles cancer. Oh, I had no idea. We This is the first season of Top Chef we've been watching in a, a long time. I didn't read the story because it seems that the, the headline did a pretty good job of uh, explaining everything I needed to know about it. Um, wow. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really have a great understanding of how far in advance this stuff is uh, filmed um, or shot. She's got no hair. She's got a lot of hair on the show. Yeah, I think that this this cancer, the the discovery of her tumor and everything was after the show finished. Okay. Um, but I think it's cool that like Padma showed up to support her. Yeah, because she's such a huge Padma fan. Uh, do Do you watch Top Chef at all? I know you don't watch a lot of TV. No, I have not seen it. Uh, it's one of our one of the few reality TV shows that we genuinely enjoy because we love food, and. Uh, Lots of cool food happens on Top Chef, and okay. this girl is uh, she's a huge fan of uh, the the one of the host uh, hosts of the show, and it was pretty cool that she showed up and 
like gave her support and whatnot. Cause every time she had to cook Padma food, she was all like, man, I really hope I impress her with this. And that was kind of cool. I, I like that girl. On yeah. The show. She, she grew She's, up in Pakistan watching, um, Padma at like ha- her, sh- her cooking shows on Pakistani TV. And so oh, okay. she was sort of like a, um, idol for her, I guess. Super so. cool. That's, that's cool. I uh, hope and she gets better then. Yeah, I think she. It seems seems like she seems to be doing well. That's good because cancer sucks. Yep. Yeah. Fuck cancer. With all capital letters. <laughs> in the in the mouth. Right. In everywhere. In the, in the all of it. <laughs> in the all of it. Well, that's uh, I, I guess that's it. That's all we have. That's our show. We did it. We we survived another week without Evan. <laughs> Ferg, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, um, thank you for having me. This was—it's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. We got to get thank you back you. on Storm's and you Gamer too. I'm so. glad, glad I finally got to talk to Karen too. And you as well. Indeed. Thank you. All right, uh, let's see here. That's going to be—that's it. That's our show. Join us next week when we will still be operating in an Evan-free environment, uh, and we'll be joined by special guest Sarah Morgan from the aptly named SarahMorgan.com. That is Sarah-Morgan, not the uh, author Sarah Morgan at SarahMorgan.com. So don't forget the dash. Uh, She hasn't chosen an episode yet, but keep your eyes on our social media and we will announce it as soon as we can. Uh, I'm very curious what she's going to pick because Sarah is an interesting cat. And I haven't talked to her in a while. Anywho's, uh, you can like us on, uh, let's see, uh, you can get in touch with us again at mailgeekade.com. All flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade or follow the show specifically at Twepcast or find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen is available at shoot underscore the underscore moon. Evan, who's not here, is available at Geekade underscore Evan. And Ferg, people can find you on the Twitterverse at... 2600 Game by Game. Indeed. You're fun to follow. If you're interested in more information <laughs> about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes, which I still have to do. Darn it. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we do our best to post something new every single day. And we've done so good so far this month. Uh, Ferg, tell us a little bit more about where people can find you on the internet one last time. If you go to uh, 2600 game by game podcast.blogspot.com, all my links are right there. Awesome. That was easy. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. And on behalf of uh, Ferg and Karen and our absentee Evan, uh, thank you for listening. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.